Welcome to Crossway Church Sermons Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.crosswayaz.com. Subscribe to our weekly podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the podcast app. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossway Church AZ and share this podcast link with a friend. If you live in the Phoenix area, come visit us at 3464 West Earl Drive, Phoenix, Arizona, 85017, located in Suite E. Service times are at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and prayer services at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Now, let's dive right in. Amen. Why don't we open up our Bibles? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as I continually remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desire to see you remembering your tears that I may be filled with joy. Remembering the genuine faith that first lived in your grandmother, Louise, and your mother, Eunice, that, and that I am persuaded to live in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you by laying, by the laying on of my hands. Father God, I come before you right now. I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, God, stir up that which is in me. Stir up that which is in me, Lord. Stir it up right now, Father God. Right now, as we begin, as we begin to move right now, Jesus, stir it up in me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Well, Paul was talking to Timothy right there at the last verse. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Stir up the gift of God. Paul's exhortation to Tim was to stir it up. Means, who's ever had coffee that's been sitting for a little while, but you got to go back and you got to stir things up a bit because you feel like some things have settled? I don't drink coffee, so I don't really know, but I have done hot chocolate, and it's the same thing. <laughs> Where you feel like there's something that's settled at the bottom, you feel like you feel like if I stir it up, it'll be fine. You ever had tea that just feels like it's all that stuff is settled, or all the sugar is settled, and you want to just stir it up? So you got to stir up. You got to agitate what's in there. It's already there. You just got to stir it up. The gift is the Holy Spirit. It's obvious that Paul understood that it was an, that it wasn't enough just to receive the gift. See, it's one thing when you when you get it, when the Holy Spirit is prayed upon you and you ask that the Holy Spirit just baptizes you and washes you over. It's one thing to have that. It's but it's not enough to receive this gift. But the gift must stay active. I'm pretty positive someone's been told to you that when you speak in tongues, it's just like a muscle that you've got to keep using it. You can't just expect it to happen. No, no, I'm never going to use it again. No, you've got to continuously use it. Whenever you have the chance and the ability to speak to God, whenever you have the chance to pray in the Holy Spirit, you start using it. Why? Because once you build that muscle, it begins to be the point where it's so strong that it's like it's never, never been an issue to begin with. If I never use my arm for a long time, my muscles will begin to atrophy. They won't, I will not have the same strength if I just use one arm. And have you ever noticed that? Sometimes you look at your arms and you're like flexing and one arm looks stronger than the other. 
Why? It's because it's your more dominant arm. You write with your right hand. You throw ball with your left or your right hand. You, you'll do everything with your right hand. And you notice how sometimes you try to do things with your left hand, it's not as strong. Why? Because you don't use it. Everything else you're willing to use, everything else you're willing to, to put into action, everything else you're willing to, 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 to apply in your life, but yet we, we sent, tend to lax when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, we know all our knowledge about movies and television. We know all our knowledge about uh, the latest fads and the latest thing that's going on. You know, we, we make sure we got our TMZ app to know all about the uh, celebrity news that's going on. We, we work that muscle. We, we work our social media muscle. But we never work our Holy Spirit. Or we never work reading in the Word of God. We never work on how to apply that in our lives. So when times cut tough and you need to wrestle with the devil, you're spiritually weak and you can't use it. Why? Because you never worked out that muscle. You never did anything to apply it. It's enough, it isn't enough just to receive the gift, but you must stay active. The gift must be stirred. The gift must be activated. Hello. It is also evident that Timothy was responsible for keeping the gift stirred and active. It wasn't up to the pastor. It wasn't up to Paul. It wasn't up to someone else. It was up to Timothy. He was, Paul was telling Timothy, it's up to you to do it. You can't expect us to be cheerleaders. You can't expect us to be, oh, I hope you, it's, it's good that we're doing it. It's good that we're in worship. It's good because it's the word of God says, uh, forsake not the gathering together. Forsake not the assembly. That's the whole purpose of coming to church. Forsake not that. It's good. It's a good place to get the, the right instruments to stir. But it is not my responsibility to stir up the gift that's already in you. We could say it another way. It was Timothy's responsibility to keep the fire burning. Back in the day when armies would go out and all they had were, were campfires, they would have these men who would tend to the fires. That was their job. All the other soldiers would w keep watch, and there'd be one guy who would watch over the fire to make sure the fire stayed lit through the night. That was his job. You are that person. God is already watching your perimeter. God has already got your back. God has already taken care of the enemy that's going to come in your way. He's just saying, all you got to do is stay by the fire. All you got to do is stir up the fire. Keep the fire. Like, keep the altar ready. Keep it ready to go so that when we need it, we got it. I will watch your back. Whatever comes away from more anywhere else, I will take care of it. All you got to do is take care of the fire. Hello. He was keeper of the flame. I want to say to everybody here in my voice that the most important thing that can happen in your life is to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of your sins, to become a child of God, and to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and to have your name written down in the Lamb's book of life, to know that Christ lives in your heart, and you are now and know now that you are a new creation in Christ. That is the most important thing that can happen to a human being. I don't care how religious you are, you must be born again. I don't care how well you know the Bible or what church you belong to. You must be born again. I don't care how good or decent a person you are. You must be born again. There are a lot of good people in hell because the, hell, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I had all the best intentions. I, I meant to be a good person. I gave to the poor. I get all this great stuff, but that doesn't do anything unless you're born again. Hello. Jesus said, except ye be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, except ye be born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. 
Born of the water and the spirit. What's that, what's that talking about? Being baptized, not just in water, but being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift of God. It's a free gift. It's, it's not like there's a cost to it. God is saying, if you want it, ask for it. If you, if you desire, then ask for it. There are a lot of people who have never asked for it because they never knew to ask for it. My people suffer because of lack of knowledge. But once you've been born again, once you become a new creation in Jesus Christ, the most important thing that can happen in your life is to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, to have that just spirit come upon you and say, God, I don't know what's taking control. It must be you. I have no control over anything I'm saying, anything I'm doing. But all I can say is I want more of it, God, because I, oh, once you've been baptized in fire, you'll never settle for smoke. Once you get that fire in you, nothing else will matter. Nothing in this world would mean anything to you. Once you get that fire in your heart alcohol drugs nothing lying cheating and stealing will mean nothing because all you want is more of God more of that feeling more of that sensation of I don't know what's gonna happen all I know is God's gonna take care of it I know I will see breakthrough in my life I will see my children saved, my family saved. if I can just receive of God if I can just go and receive the Holy Spirit I know things will be taken care of I know my home will be taken care of all I got to do is stir up that which is already in you. Hello. God has given you the Holy Spirit. When you, when you, but you got to stir it up. God, I want more. I want more of you. I want more of your Holy Spirit. God, and, and be welcoming to it. Some people just don't like it when you get prayed for and you feel that, that sensation like you're going to fall. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get back up. I look stupid. I don't want. I, I don't want to cry. I don't want to laugh. I don't want. I don't want to feel this because I'm going to look bad. So you prevent it. You hinder the Holy Spirit and what He's about to do in your life. About to do a breakthrough. See, some of you have been going through depression so long that when he, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and He starts making you laugh, you think it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad or you think it's like oh, I'm so sorry. And I've and we've had that conversation before. But it's not that. It's not a bad thing. Because what he's trying to do is he's trying to wash away the depression. He's trying to wash away the anger. He's trying to wash away the, the resentment and get rid of it and say, you know what? Here's my joy. I'm taking away this anger. I'm taking away this resentment. I'm taking away this sorrow. And I'm putting on joy. I'm putting on peace. I'm, and that's all you can do is laugh. That's all you can do is give God praise and say, thank you, God, for what you've done in my life. Thank you, God, that I'm no longer hurting. Thank you, God, that I'm no longer in shame. Thank you, God, I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. So next time you come up here, Sister Sabrina, it's okay. I promise you it's all right. I won't. None of us should say anything. Because why? Because that's what God is trying to do. You've been living your week in sorrow. You've been living your month in shame. You've been living your, your year in anguish. And God is saying, it's okay. Let me take away that pain. Let me take away that sorrow. Let me take it away. Let me rip it off of you because I'm setting you free right now. And let me give you my joy. Let me give you my peace. And go ahead and laugh, girl. That's what I gave it to you for. That's what I gave it to you for. I want that, God. But you got to say, God, stir it up. You cannot expect me just to preach a word and all of a sudden it just happens. You have to do something about it. I told you about the light switch. The power is there. Right? The power is there. The power is existent. But unless I go over there and actually turn on the switch, I don't get to receive what that power is. Right? 
unless I go to God in prayer and activate what God has for me, I will never receive what God has established is already mine. Hello. Oh, got quiet in here. Unless I go and actually activate and connect to God, I will never receive what God has already declared to be mine. The price was already paid. It's already yours. All you got to do is do something about it. Hello. <clears throat> but once you're born again, once you become that new creation in Christ, the next and most important thing that can happen in your life is what? What did I say? Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come on. John says, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But there's one who comes after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus believed the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be the most important that he commanded his disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they received the Holy Ghost and fire baptism. He knew it was so important. He said, don't you go nowhere till you receive the Holy Ghost. Don't you go nowhere till you receive the fire. Guess what, church? I ain't Jesus, but I came here with the word to tell you, don't you go nowhere until you receive the Holy Ghost. Don't you go nowhere till you receive the fire. Don't you go nowhere till God come and touch your life. You've been seeking something for so long, and God's saying, guess what? It's already here. All you got to do is flip on, flip on the switch. All you got to do is come receive of me, and you can get what you've been looking for. You can get what you've been asking for. God is saying right now in the name of Jesus, don't you go nowhere till the fire comes down in your life. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When we find in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they had all been in one place in one, uh, one gathering, uh, that's where it talks about the first uh, car in the Bible, the one accord. See, God likes talking. He says, we gathered together in one accord. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and the cloven tongues like as of fire sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did you catch what I just said? Why? Why is the Holy Ghost so important? Because the Holy Ghost is the supernatural power of God filling the human vessel in order to establish and advance the kingdom of God here on earth. That's why it's important. We don't, just because we have this wonderful church, just because we have the people that we have here, it's wonderful, it's nice, we have great people, we have one loving people, but you know what? It does nothing to advance the kingdom of God if we are not filled with the Holy Ghost. You can just be people sitting in a church, sitting in a building. People don't get blessed until the people who are in it are actually blessing others because of what's inside them. Hello? The Holy Ghost is a supernatural equipment to fulfill the great commission to carry on the ministry of God. Sometimes when you go on a mission, you need the equipment. You need to be stirred up. You need to have something ready to go, if, depending on what you're going to go do. If you're going to go hiking, are you going to go hiking in a tux? Right? With those shiny shoes, and are you gonna go? Are you gonna go hiking in in a in one of those uh, like a ball gown? No, why? Because you're wait. You're it's a wasted effort, right? You're not well prepared. 
You're not going to climb the way you're supposed to climb. So if you go hiking, I know Brother Miguel has done it. What, what, what do you wear? You wear, like, hiking boots, right? The high ones that, like, hold your ankles together. And, like, you got, like, long pants just in case you don't get scraped up, depending on what you're, if you're like, oh, I'm going to climb more. I might just need shorts. You get to, sh- you know, you're, you got whatever it makes you feel for. You got water, right? You got everything you need to go climbing. You got everything you need to go hiking. You got everything you need to do what you need to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is. We have been given the great commission to go reach the lost souls, to go reach the lost people out there, our lost family members, our lost loved ones, to reach those people. And it's the Holy Spirit that is our equipment that we need to go complete our mission. If we do not have that, we are ill-equipped. Hello. What was the ministry of Jesus? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. How many can think of those times that those times when you were lost? He came to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Go with me to Acts 10, 38. Acts 10, 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that have to do with what you just read, Pastor? Well, it has everything to do with what I just said. If for his purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. If Jesus came when he did, was to destroy the works of the devil. And my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is still here to destroy the works of the devil. God is still going to be here to destroy the works of the devil. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God before me, who can be against me? If I got the Holy Ghost in me, it doesn't matter if it just happened in the Bible times. It can happen today. It can happen in the future. The Word of God says that the tongues came upon them, and they start speaking. Well, people say, well, pastor, the tongues are only meant for them. No. My God is a God the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants you to speak that heavenly language. He wants you to get baptized in the Holy holy Fire. God wants you to do that. God went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus' ministry has never changed. Now we are the continuators. We're the ones who are carrying on the banner. We're the ones carrying on the flag. We are commissioned and anointed to continue his ministry in the earth. First John 4, 17. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Because as he is, my God is powerful. My God has might. My God has the Holy, is the Holy Spirit. And if God, as God is mighty in the, in the heavens, I am here. Because I am an heir of Christ. Don't think that just because you come to church and you're, you're flesh and blood, don't think that you don't got anything behind you backing you up. No, as he is, so we are in this world. The book of Acts is the diary and the record of the New Testament church in her infancy. It is the record of the operation of the Holy Ghost through the yielded vessels. That's us. 
those who stopped themselves and yielded to the Holy Spirit. You ever, who's ever been driving, you see a sign that says yield, right? Well, it's not a stop sign, I'm going to keep going. No, you, you, sl- you slow it down and look for what's coming. You are yielding to what is already in action. Your life may be already on a track, but if there's something already there, you yield to what's already there and you go with the flow with the, what's already there. Hello, did you catch what I just said? The Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's already going. It's already moving. It's already on a track. We are to yield ourselves to that and to go along with the flow of what that is, not to cross tracks with it, not to come in conflict with it, not to come in uh, interaction with it. No, 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 no sorry, not, not, we are to interact with it, but we're not to, to collide with it and go against it. We are to yield and to go with what God has already established. The track is already on its way. We are to yield ourselves. Okay, God, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing because your way is the right way. If I try to go my own way, I just mess things up. So I'm going to go the way you want me. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for your move. My goodness. Yielded vessels. The book of Acts is the pattern for the New Testament church. Signs, wonders, miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Ghost are the defining characteristics of the New Testament church. To say it another way, the New Testament church acted just like Jesus. They moved just like Jesus. They healed the sick. They cast out devils. They performed signs and wonders and miracles and raised the dead and manifested the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All by the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't anything they did. It's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't talk to someone and say, hey, what? You want? Yeah, come back to life. Okay, anytime now. No, it's the Holy Spirit. I cannot do anything. Even doctors are not physically able in themselves to do anything. They rely on their equipment. They rely on their tools and their medicine. It's not something that they're doing. It's the knowledge that they have. But even that is not their own. They learned it from someone else. Hello? If we want something to change and be drastically brought back to life in our homes, then we cannot rely on Man's thoughts, man's tools, and man's thing. We need to start relying on the Holy Spirit. There's been something dead in your home for so long. The relationship you've had, your children's emotions, whatever the situation might be, it's been dead for too long. And God is saying, with the Holy Spirit, I can breathe new life. I can bring it back. That what the world has called dead, I don't call, I just say it's sleeping, and I'm about to wake it up. God is saying, it may look dead. It may, I just see a sleeping person, and I'm going to raise him back up. I'm going to wake him up, and I'm going to give him new life. Come on, give God praise. My goodness, if, if there is anyone we need in our churches today, in our lives, individuals today, it's a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. We need a Holy Ghost invasion. We need God to crash our services. We need a divine interruption. We need the Holy Ghost to show up like he did in the upper room, suddenly and supernaturally, undeniably and indisputable. Oh, come on, like he did in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Can you say amen? We need, a, we need a Holy Spirit. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I want you to hear that last part. 
boldness. Boldness. I'll say it again, boldness. No longer am I going to pray with timidness. God, I'm going to speak your word with all boldness. Why? Because God, you are with me. I will never forsake you. I will never let you go, God. Because if you're with me, I can be all high. I can be all excited and pumped up. Why? Because I have God before me. Who can be against me? Through your stretched out hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I want to be in a place that was shaken. I want to be in a place that was stirred up. I want to I want to be in a place where once you're in there, oh, you can feel a shaking. Why do I like a shaking? Check this out. I was watching this video on YouTube. It's really interesting. Have you ever seen uh, these apple orchards? Like, do you know how they pick apples? It's not like old school day where they have ladders and, oh, and get, you know, Johnny Apple seeds and then, you know. No, it, it's not like that anymore. Now they have this giant tractor that's got this really cool, uh, it's got this, like, go-prongs with, like, this um, padding on it. And around that is this giant, like, Basket, basically. It's a giant, like, not, what do you call it? A burlap sack. It's huge, right? So it goes up, and these little prongs go and hugs the tree. And it just starts shaking the tree. It just starts shaking it, and everything that is loose starts to fall off. Everything that is ready, everything that's prepared, anything, that's how they get it. God. I need the Holy Spirit to come in and shake all that is dead, all that is prepared. I need all that. I need God. I need to get, I need to lighten the load. I'm about to go do a hike, God, and your equipment is about to be upon me. Your Holy Spirit is about to be upon me. I want to shake all that is gone. I want to shake all that is unnecessary, God, for new growth, for new life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I want a shaking going on. I want a shaking so strong that just like Paul and Silas, God, it shake the very foundation that their shackles came apart and they were set free, God. I want a shaking, God, that's going to shake the very foundation to set the captives free, to open the blind eye, to open the deaf ear, to let the, the, the mute talk in the name of Jesus. I want a shaking, God. Come on. The place they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, once you got the Holy Spirit in you, it's like that, uh, Who's ever watched the, that, that Looney Tunes cartoon where it had the little dog and the big bulldog? It was like, hey, hey what's going on, Bill? And he's just like just all happy moving around. It was, like a little, it was like a little puppy. And it was next to a giant bulldog just walking around. Why was he all happy? Because he had his best friend right there next to him, knowing that no one's going to hurt him because he was there with him. He was bold, and he would talk. He's like, man, my, he would always talk about, my friend Bush is going to get you. I don't, think, I don't know who you messed with. And he'd be like, you know, all tough. That's what we should be like, knowing that we walk with God. God doesn't have to go showing himself. God is just there. If God's presence is there, all we got to do is get all bold and say, you know what? My God will take care of it. My God's got my back. I don't know who you done messed with, devil, but I got my God walking with me. I stand boldly. I walk boldly. I talk boldly. I pray boldly. Why? Because I got the Holy Ghost with me. We need a Holy Ghost invasion. We need a Holy Ghost invasion in our life. Just like when Peter was preaching at Cornelius' house. The Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word, not at the altar call. Hello. Do you notice that? It says when he was speaking the word, 
He was in the middle of preaching. He was in the middle of, 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 of preaching, and the Holy Ghost fell. It was in the middle of Peter's preaching, the Holy Ghost interrupted him. That's what we need. Come on. Something that originates from heaven. Something that will shake us up. Something that will wake us up. Something that will stir us up. Something that will keep the fire going. Something that will set us on fire. We need God to interrupt our saying by his doing. While Peter yet spoke the words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. The Holy Ghost did not wait for Peter to finish his sermon. He just fell on them. I would rather have 10 minutes of Holy Ghost doing than 10 months of saying. I'd rather just have 10 months or 10 minutes of the Holy Ghost just working than have me just 10 months just saying. I'd rather me just just step aside and let the Holy Ghost fill this place. You don't have to wait for me to finish to receive from God. You don't have to even wait for me even now. If the Holy Ghost is speaking to you even now. That's what you should be doing. You should be receiving of God, saying, God, I need you more. You don't have to. You can be healed right now. You can be saved right now. You can be delivered right now. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now. You can get your miracle right now. You can get your breakthrough right now. Everything you need is in the Holy Ghost. I started this message with Paul's words to Timothy. You might as well be been speaking to us, God, because, oh, I need to stir it up. I need to stir up what's already in me. God, you gave it to me. I need to stir up. If there's one thing that's missing from our church and personal lives, it's the energy. It's the life. It's the vitality. It's the fire, the power, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We can look at the world and we can cite the world as being our problem. We can blame the atmosphere around us. We can blame the government. We can blame uh, uh, all these political parties. But the truth is, we can't blame anyone. You are the keeper of your own flame. Oh, come on. Is that, am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? On the day of Pentecost, when the mighty Holy Ghost came, every head got a flame. It was a personal Pentecost. Every person is responsible to fan the flame of Pentecost, to keep the fire burning. We must stir up the gift that is in us. The first step to stirring up the fire, the flame, is to remove anything that is flame-resistant. That means get rid of anything that is offensive or resistant the Holy Spirit. Hello. Anything that's willing to quench the Holy Spirit. Anything that's willing to stop what God can do in your life. You need to get rid of it. That means you got to repent. Repent of allowing the accumulation of junk in your life. That means to seek God with all your heart, to pray, to spend time worshiping and adoring Jesus. At that told you last week I was asked to speak at a funeral and the words that came to my heart I, I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't I didn't I didn't know what to share because it's like this is my first funeral God what am I what am I going to do and he says people are living in fear they fear death they fear the unknown they fear the situation that's going to happen I want you to share with them about how I can take away their fear Jehoshaphat, he was uh, about to be attacked. Second Chronicles says he was a, a good king, a godly king. One day his troops saw the dust clouds of three mighty armies. 
Okay, imagine that you're in a kingdom and you just see three huge armies. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Mayanites. They had made a treaty to attack Jehoshaphat. They got together to attack him. Who's ever felt like you felt like you're, sometimes maybe, man, is all my family out to get me? Are they all out to attack me? Like, is something, what, something's going on. I feel like everything is out to get me. My job's out to get me. My, my car's even out to get me. Right? I feel like all these ites are out to get you. Joseph had, was scared because he had, he, had he had a small army. He didn't have this great army. He had a small army. He may not look like much. So he prayed, pouring his heart out to God. In response, God sent the prophet Jehazel with a message to King Jehoshaphat. He said, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because of that vast army. They're, they're nothing. For the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. When he heard that, Jehoshaphat led the people into a worship service. He didn't say, get your arms ready. He didn't say, get your, your weaponry ready, get your life set. No. He says, stop what you're doing and begin to worship God. Begin to bring down the Holy Spirit in your life. The next day, he and his army went out to meet the enemy. This is where it gets good. He had the choir leading. He had basically his worship team in the front leading them into battle. They were all worshiping. He didn't have the strongest armies in front because that represents man's abilities. He didn't have his chariots out front. Once again, man's abilities. He had the worship team out front. He had the Holy Spirit leading the charge. Check out what happened next. As they crested the hill and looked down upon the enemy, they saw all their bodies. In the night, God had confused the enemy's soldiers so much that they attacked each other and not one warrior in the vast army remained alive. Oh, you catch what I just said? Did you just, did you just hear what I just said? God is saying, do not fear. Do not fear what the enemy has for you. Do not fear what's going, what's looking like, what it looks like around you. Don't fear What's going on around you? God says, if you can just worship me, if you can just call down the presence, if you can just call upon the Holy Spirit in your life and lead the charge with worship, before you even confront the issue, I will destroy your enemies. I will handle it for you. We have to stir up the gift, church. We need to come before the Holy Spirit and God say, God, I need you to stir it up in me. Thank you for joining the Crossway Church Sermons Podcast. If you are blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry, visit our website, www.crosswayaz.com, and click Give.